Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. This is part three of three from this year's BJJ in Paradise Camp. We recorded this one outdoors overlooking the Pacific Ocean in Zicatella Beach in Puerto Escondido, Mexico. It's probably the windiest podcast I've ever recorded. So my guest on this episode is a man of many countries, Swedish Steve, the Greek guy, Steve Antonio. We talk about kung fu films, fin fights, early MMA and BJJ in Sweden, Stockholm's best coffee, ninjas, because the key to being a good ninja is having good coffee. Steve also tries to teach me geography. So Steve owns a gym. We should all go visit him. For now, let's just call it Poseidon BJJ and we'll post a link. As always, this episode of the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast is brought to you by the one and only world-famous Tortuga Soap Company. Everything you need to keep you smelling good, use the discount code PODCAST and get 20% off. Also brought to you by Port City BJJ, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, portcitybjj.com. Come check us out. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you visit. And if you want to stay injury-free and on the mat, make sure you check out BJJ Prehab, www.bjjprehab.com. And if you're in the market for some handmade jewelry, check out beautytobeast.etsy.com. And if you want a discount, enter the code RIDDLER. Big shout-out to BJJ in Paradise, La Colonia Jiu-Jitsu, Brad and Adrian for putting the whole camp together. And a shout out to Swedish Steve and Poseidon BJJ for coming on the podcast and hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Hope all you guys are doing all right out there. Keep fighting the good fight, good training. Peace, everybody. All right, brother. Um, I may get up and down. Don't worry. I'm just like to I'm get anal and make sure the thing is always recording. Yeah. Um, welcome, Steve. Welcome to welcome to BJJ in Paradise. Lovely to be here, Steve. What's your last name? My 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 real name is uh, Antonio. Oh, it's really? Like, Stephen Antonio. Yeah. Oh, Stephen Antonio. Yeah. Oh, that's simple. No. I thought it was uh, Swedish Steve. I thought it was Swedish Steve, Swedish <laughs> Cyprus Steve with proper English. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to start, what's the uh, what's the name of your gym? It's my gym's uh, Poseidon Jiu Jitsu Academy. And it's in Stockholm, Sweden. It's just outside Stockholm, twenty minute train ride. Is it the biggest Stockholm. gym in Sweden? Not the biggest gym, but one of the biggest. Yeah. Uh, we've been lucky. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Um, how can people get in touch with your gym if they wanted to check it out? They can either go onto our website and there's an easy like a little button you just press. I'm interested, and uh, you get like four or five questions. You answer them what you're interested in, and then we'll give you a call or we'll send you an email. What's uh, the website? It's called Camp Spoch Academy. Whew. 
Sweden. It's in Swedish. We'll, po- we'll put it. We'll post it on. The, we'll, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we live in like, Sweden, so everything has to be in Swedish. Yeah, that's. Pro- you mean you don't just make it Americanized? I don't. For, I for don't me? Americanize it. I yeah. do not. I've got Coke, uh, Coca Cola. <laughs> All right, that's, I'm glad <laughs> you clarified that. But other than that, everything's uh, in Sweden, in Swedish. So you grew up. I mean, I'm I'm super interested in uh, in where people came from and like their story and how they got like. How you met? How you and I ended up here? So right now, if you're listening, Steve and I are sitting under a little hot thing, overlooking the Pacific Ocean, Zicatella Beach, Puerto Escondido, Mexico. We're we're not suffering. We're not suffering. Life could be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. It really could be. Um, so you were born in Cyprus. No, I was born in Manchester, England. Oh, you were born in Manchester, England? I was born in Manchester, England, uh, to an Irish mum and a Greek Cypriot dad. Yeah. And I moved back and forth to Cyprus when I was a kid. Uh, but when I was nine, we moved permanently to Cyprus. So I lived there, went to school there. Well, went to school a little bit in London um, up until I was nine. And then moved to Cyprus lived there until I was 20, did my military service and everything. Because you have to in Cyprus. You have to, you have to do, uh, well it depends, now, now they've changed it a little bit, but when I was there you had to do between 12 or 26 months military service. What is Cyprus like? Like is Cyprus an island? Cyprus is an island, uh, it's an independent Greek island, so we're not, uh, so we're our own country, uh, so we're not part of Greece, but we've been Greek for two and a half, three thousand years. Uh, although we've been occupied by different countries and, and different nations during the during the millennia. <laughs> yeah. So your dad was originally from Greece. So my dad's from Cyprus. So oh, he's from Cyprus. Yeah, my dad's from Cyprus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Which is Greece, basically. No. No. It's just that it's, right. we're our own country. Yeah. Uh, but we speak Greek. Uh, we have we've got we've had a, we're Greek Orthodox. We've had a tradition and uh, a Greek tradition for over two and a half thousand years. So, are you, do you? Uh, where are you a citizen of? Right, are you? St- I'm actually. Uh, well, I'm a. I'm a British citizen, a Swedish citizen. I'm also a Greek Cypriot citizen. So everybody that does the. Well, since my dad's Cypriot, so I'm allowed Cypriot citizenship. But then it's solidified once you do your military service. Uh, for example, if you're born in another country. Ah, uh, yeah. Gotcha. So I've got three citizenships, so to speak. So I've got all the rights. A Swede has all the rights a British citizen has, all the rights a Greek Cypriot has. You're a complicated guy, man. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were born in London, moved to Cyprus, yeah. and then, it, like, when did you move to Sweden? Uh, I moved to Sweden in 1997. So, I met a Swedish girl on the beach. Uh, uh, in Cyprus. In Cyprus. Uh, and we, after I did my military service, we moved to Sweden. The plan was to be there a few years, save some money, learn the language. Uh, I ended up staying there. I've been living there for 21 years now. What kind of, like, what kind of government does Cyprus have? It's a democracy. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, four different uh, parties. Um, it's a republic, so just like most countries, basically. We yeah. have democratic uh, elections every... I think it's four years or five, something like that. It's been such a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you moved to Sweden, what was that like? Uh, I, 
from day one, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, so I, I, I love Sweden, um, and that's what that's the reason why I still live there. Uh, it was different, a lot different from what I was used to. Um, but I, I was, I felt very welcome from day one. Um, I was lucky. I, I was like the third day I was there. I was like I took a holiday for like three days, and it's like already on the third day I had a job. Uh, I just walked into a random bar and it's like. Uh, I'm a bartender. You got a job for me, and he says, "Oh yeah, sure. Come and come and see, come and speak to the boss." And so I had a job. Um, so I, I was really lucky, and I got a lot of good friends, and I met a lot of nice people from the beginning that helped me integrate into the culture. Did they uh, give you the like the secret to IKEA when you they got did, there? They did. They did. But I had to promise that I won't tell anyone. Yeah, no, I don't is. Know. no, no, no. So I can't. But tell there's anyone. like shortcuts. Yes, there's shortcuts. Um, there's there's a better way than actually putting shit together. <laughs> you, you see that the <laughs> those instructions. Yeah. You're not really supposed to rubbish. read them. No, no, it's rubbish. And you know when it's like this, say 25 screws or whatever. Yeah. You don't really need all of them. You only need like no, six. No, no, As a Swede, you need only six. Yeah. It took me 15 years before it was. Revealed to me. It was like oh, you had to go to college. Oh, almost, yeah. almost. So where did you start the jujitsu? Uh, so you got became a bartender. Then I, I, I was a bartender back at home yeah. in Cyprus. I used to work. A, used to work as a dive master uh, on the beach, oh, and yeah. during the evenings I'd uh, a ten bar. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, so when we moved to Sweden, I was like it was natural for me just to like do what I knew. So I uh, attended bar for a year or two. Um, and then, uh, and then I uh, started working on the door instead. Uh, started bouncing, uh, and that's what that's. So, so I started my jujitsu uh, in Sweden as well. So because you were a bouncer, you wanted to. No, no, no. So I used to box back home in Cyprus. So I, I boxed as a kid and competed a little bit. Um, and when I did my military service, I got in contact with a guy that was uh, a kickboxing champion. Um, but he worked security at the American Embassy actually in Cyprus, and he uh, so he, he trained a little bit with Marines and he had some, this like cool wrist lock kind of stuff and throwing people on the floor. So while we were doing our service together, the first uh, ninety days we trained every single day. So and I was like, I, I was interested in martial arts. Um, so when I moved to Sweden, uh, he was showing me stuff, oh this is Aikido and this is uh, Wing Chun and this is that. And so when I moved to Sweden, the first thing I did, I was like huge Steven Seagal fan. So I was really lucky I found an Aikido academy uh, right next to my house. Uh, now everybody knows Aikido doesn't work and blah blah blah. But I was super lucky because the instructor there uh, was a fantastic uh, person. Uh, very open and he... And he um, and he encouraged me, and, and he, he laid a base. So it didn't take long for me to, to leave that, that place. Uh, about after two years, I quit that and start doing uh, what they call Palatudo MMA. Let me ask you this: Yes, what is your favorite Steven Seagal movie? Oh, that's easy—the one with the Jamaicans. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm a huge reggae fan. Yeah. So just people in dreadlocks and, and screaming patwa at each other and yeah. shooting each other—the best Can't film ever. Beat that one. Oh yeah. Bomba Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What film. was the name of that? Uh, it, it's either I'm not sure if it's Hard to Kill or if it's. It uh, wasn't Out for Justice, I don't think. Right? No. Out for Justice was like his cousin or Richie or whatever, right? Yeah. Where he hit the dude with the cue ball. Yeah. And, that, yeah. yeah. 
There's Hard for Justice, Nico. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Hard to Kill, but I, I could be mistaken. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good film. Those were good. <laughs> the tip, like even like the Alaska was where you know. Yeah. At our time with the. Oh yeah, yeah. Under Siege two. Under Siege Under Siege one is good. As it well. was good. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Yeah. You know. But it's like you know, as an impressionable teenager. <laughs> Uh, I mean, even today, if, seriously, if we could throw people around like that yeah. through windows and yeah, we wouldn't be training jujitsu. No way. But if that actually worked, yeah. <laughs> that's what we'd be doing. Dude, if like we talked about earlier, kung fu movies are awesome. Yeah, if like, it worked, we, yeah. that's what we'd be training. Like they are the best. I like the the like more outrageous, the better. Like when there's dudes flying around, I, I am know. like yes, it's so great. I was trying to educate my son on the on the uh, on the Hong Kong films yeah. so every time so this was before Netflix and you could download shit and everything and I was uh, so we got to the video store and was like okay what are we gonna watch in a second Kung Fu film and he says no dad no more flying Chinaman <laughs> <laughs> I love it dude those are the best those are my favorite what, what do you think is the greatest martial arts movie of all time oh hands down um, what's it with Jackie Chan the, um, Eagle no Snake Fist in Ego Shadow or something like that. I don't know this that, one. I don't uh, know if I know yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of the very old. So like, I think it's from the late seventies or early eighties yeah. with Jackie Chan. You ever seen Big Trouble in Little China? Of course I have. That's right up there, right? Uh, it is. Uh, it right. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, we're gonna end the podcast <laughs> right here. That's like my favorite. Oh yeah, I think yeah. that's my favorite. No, so everybody need everybody that trains martial arts needs to be educated via Hong Kong kung fu films, yeah. even the ones without that on. Um, with subtitles yeah. or they speak English on top or uh, oh yeah uh, dubbed oh they're the best oh yeah, yeah. I tell everyone it's like before they, before anyone gets a blue belt they need to know certain films they have to watch them yeah so, but I'm really good at the arm but I don't care doesn't matter it doesn't matter have you seen these films right. <laughs> like the Wu Tang what do you know about Wu Tang unless you've actually seen Wu Tang and the Shaolin yeah. and the Shaolin and, yeah. And, oh yeah yeah there's uh, there's a lot of good information there <laughs> <laughs> These are black belt secrets right yeah, here. It is. Yeah. You want to be a black belt, you yeah. have to go through Hong Kong yeah. Kung Fu films. Hundred percent true. Um, so you were, so you were trained in Aikido with this guy, and he was like, "Hey, oh, that." And then, so he sent you the Valley Tudo. No, no, he didn't send me, but I, I started cross training because uh, the, the Aikido guy doesn't. He's not advocating. No, he's no, doing it, a different thing. Yeah, right? he's doing a different thing. But right. he, he was very uh, so. Shout out to Henrik Engelkes, just so yeah. everybody knows who I'm talking about. Um, but he was like super open, and we and cross train with other. So he'd bring a guy that um, did a screamer, and so he was open for for new stuff and ways of doing that. He just that like, he he chose Aikido to start with and, and stick with that. Um, but he had absolutely no problem with me. Training uh, Valetudo back then, and um, and he actually helped me out a few years later. Um, getting my gym started, uh, so we had a fantastic relationship, and and he just like he, he laid the foundation that you need to be open for change. You need to to look at is there a better way of doing things. So um, so, but I couldn't do everything because I, I had a family. I was trying to build. I was trying to make a career. Um, as well, so I, I was like, I had to choose. I had to choose what to, to put my time in. So it was, it was so at, back then it was Valetudo. Yeah. What was the name of that gym? Pancreas Gym. So uh, still one of the absolute um, best gyms in 
uh, in Sweden. So in Stockholm. In Stockholm, uh, in, but they're the best in Sweden. Yeah. It's like there's two major. There's, of course, there's a lot of good gyms and a lot of good fighters everywhere. But Pancras is one of the oldest, and uh, still produces some of the best fighters um, in Sweden. Is Gustafsson from? No, so Gustafsson is from the other gym. Uh, uh, but he's from Sweden. But yeah, Gustafsson is from Sweden. Yeah. yeah. So Alex is from Sweden. So Alex's trainer, uh, Andreas Michael. Uh, me and Andreas are both from Cyprus. No way. True story. And me and Andreas grew up together, and we trained boxing with Andreas's dad. So uh, it's a very small world. And how he ended up in Sweden is like pure chance. And not only that, that he ended up with moving to the same area that I did. Uh, but he con he focused on boxing. So he's and uh, so a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Gustafsson's uh, trainer, uh, Andreas Michael, was a phenomenal boxer. Uh, his dad was a European champion, uh, and Andreas Michael is a phenomenal boxer, but uh, because of an injury, he, he couldn't pursue that. But he, he used to beat the crap out of 25-year-old guys when he was 16, 17. Wow. He used to knock the shit out of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the guy, the way, no, it's a phenomenal boxer. He used to be, he, it's a shame that he hurt himself, because I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have gone really, really far. Yeah, uh, and, and it's just so funny that uh, we both ended up in Sweden. And we both, so he he concentrated a lot more than that, what I did on the, on the fighting scene. Um, and he's uh, he makes he's made waves. He's done a fantastic does a fantastic job at All Stars. And all the major fighters are trained for the UFC anyway. Yeah. Whereas Pancreas has got more fighters going into Japan because that's where the, all the contacts are for that gym. Yeah. Um, so you did you ever take fights? Uh, have I ever, uh, like MMA, MMA fight? fights? Uh, no, not uh, full-on MMA fights. Uh, like Crip and Yeah, I did the slapping a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, so I did some uh, back then. It was so back then, MMA was forbidden uh, in Sweden. Boxing was uh, the professional boxing wasn't allowed either back then. Uh, but we had something called combat jiu-jitsu, which was a, an early attempt to something that looks like MMA today. Um, what year is this ish? 1999, 2001, 2002, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like that. And that's when I, when I got in touch with, came in contact with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Through, uh, through the Valetudo? Through the Valetudo. So at the gym, at, the po at that time, uh, they were. Uh, so what happened with a few guys we, we were like getting interested with the UFC thing and went over to Brazil. Some uh, so Pancras people, most of them went to uh, to Japan. Uh, got in uh, got in contact with a guy called Bart Vale. I don't know if you know. Yeah. No. So he's like the originals, like pre U, a little bit pre UFC. Yeah. Uh, or at the same time. So you had the UFC going up in the States, but you had uh, the shoot fighting yeah. uh, then, in, in Japan. Yeah. So I come from that area, so yeah. like the, the shoot fighting. Um, and uh, so, so there was a lot of that going on uh, back then. And we were trying uh, very hard to get it legalized so we could compete in Sweden. Because so, the only competition there then were, back then was in Finland. It was called the Fin Fight. It was like vicious, valetudo. Yeah, it was like head kicks while people are trying to get up on all fours like soccer kicks soccer kicking people yeah. um, and the media was against us and everything and and thanks to a, a few clever people that worked really hard and, and made some smart moves we finally it was like oh can we try this and is oh, this okay and, and then it's like gradually lean it coming into the, the full-on MMA and 
And now it is so huge. Uh, when Gustafsson fights, uh, people are up all night. He he filled a whole stadium, a football stadium, the biggest one of the biggest football stadiums we've got. He filled it at five o'clock in the morning, which is ridiculous. Insane. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. I, five I, o'clock I had in the, the morning. Yeah, yeah, I had tickets. Okay, and I, I was like, and apparently all the tickets were sold, which I didn't believe. And I get there and it's packed, and I still didn't believe it. Yeah. And everybody's still there, but it's like to the last fight and fight in the morning. I still didn't believe it. It's like if somebody told me that for five years ago, I was just saying, no, 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 that's not going to happen. So they do that to, to cater to the American audience, I'm assuming. They put it at that time. That's the only reason. Yeah. 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 So also on that note, for a geologic, ge- geographically yeah. challenged American, yeah. How far is it from like Stockholm when you guys had to go to Finland to train? Like, oh, so to Finland, it, it's only uh, it's either a boat ride which takes eight twelve hours or, or just a forty five minute flight. All oh, right. So it's just across the pond. Yeah. Yeah. It's so not bad. No, not bad. So Finland's really close. Uh, so you guys were sending guys to Brazil to learn. Like people so guys, were going yeah, down. people were going to Brazil uh, to learn. Some some of us were some of them were training in uh, in Japan. We had a lot of cat. We were very influenced by catch wrestling. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, so a lot of what I was doing in the beginning was mostly catch wrestling. Yeah. Um, and even though we had Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at the at the Pancreas Academy, and we were affiliated to Alliance um, to a certain degree, um, that's not that's so that's when I got in, in, t- in came in contact with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and the gi, uh, and I enjoyed it, but not as much as I enjoyed the catch wrestling, submission wrestling, and the Valetudo. Because this is a little windy. windy. Yeah. A little windscreen here. So, um, so it wasn't until a few years later that I say that I actually came in, in real contact with um, with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And who was that through? So, so I first started uh, training with my my, my current uh, professor. Uh, so it was Waldo Sabata, the first guy that I started training a lot of well, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But then I left that academy uh, because of work mostly. And uh, started training with a guy called Richard Bolenius, which is an old legend in Sweden. Can you say it again? Richard Bolenius. Uh, the guy's a legend, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> So, uh, so I trained with him, and it, it was this kind of same thing. So it was like it was early Valetudo catch wrestling with a gi. On. That's what we were doing. It was like wearing a gi and still punching each other yeah. and, and stuff like that. Uh, but I can honestly say it wasn't until I think 2005, 2006, when I when I really really started training proper jujitsu. Uh, that, that's where that's when I when I said oh this is what it's supposed to look like yeah uh, and that was a, uh, an academy called Fight Zone Stockholm with uh, under a Brazilian guy called Alan uh, de Nascimento uh, Alan Finful um, before that were you like I'm trying to think of like that the dates but like could you get on YouTube at that time oh no no there was no, no, uh, no, no, no but no. you had like DVDs or VHS or no, something. So, yeah, no? so VHS yeah. was one way of getting your hands on the uh, instructionals, um, and it was like copied down. So yeah. it was a copy of a copy yeah. of a copy, and some of them uh, was like, "Oh, I've got this," but you're not allowed to say to anyone that you've got it. Uh, <laughs> things like that. Right. Uh, so uh, no, it was difficult getting. Get, so so it's like 
some guy go to Brazil for two weeks, he'd come back, he'd sell us a couple of geese because we couldn't get right. hands on geese. And he'd show us a couple of moves and all it's like he's a god. Yeah. Uh, he knew everything. I mean, it's like coming across a, a purple belt was, was the equivalent of meeting Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> back then. Right. No, without yeah. a doubt. Um, I know, like, from my lineage or whatever, they would, uh, you know, like, um, Kenny Florian would go like as a purple belt to go to Brazil with his brother and they would come back with like butterfly guard yeah. and it's like what is this magic butterfly guard yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like people blown minds blown yeah every single time um, so you, who's the guy Nascimento yeah Alan Finful yeah so were you white belt like it no belt so so no there were belts so I was a blue belt actually when I met Alan uh, Alan gave me my purple belt um uh, uh, and it was part of Checkmat back yep. then. And uh, at the time, my friend Valdo came back, started training that gym as well. Uh, he was like gymless for a while. Um, and I started training more and more with Waldo. And uh, so I've been training with Waldo since then. So since 2000 and, uh, 2008, 2009. Um, so I've been training with Waldo since then. Yeah. Uh, he, he gave me my brown belt and then my black belt. Uh, and the stripes. So, uh, what's his name again? Waldo Zapata. Waldo Zapata. So he's his dad's from Chile. His mom and dad are from Chile. But yeah. Live in Sweden. Grew, live, born and raised in Sweden. Where did so? Who did he train with? So he, so um, Waldo and myself, we've trained a lot uh, under Leocinio Vieira. So he got his black belt from Leocinio Vieira. Oh yeah, uh, Checkman. The exactly. Checkman. Right. The Checkman. So we trained a lot with the Check. Uh, so he trained a lot with Checkman. He's been to Brazil, of course. And, uh, so he got his black belt from uh, Leocinio, uh, and everybody knows Leocinio. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean one of the greatest. One of the absolute great, lovely guy, lovely guy as well. Uh, extremely technical. Uh, his jiu-jitsu is amazing. Um, some people call him a jiu-jitsu genius. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was. I'm sure he still is, but you know, back in the day, he was oh, the man. Oh, he was the man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But uh, me and Wilder, we, um, I don't know, I'm not really sure what actually happened, to be honest, but... Um, Life we, happened, man. Yeah, we no, so, so we both left the Checkmat Association. Yeah. Uh, left, but forgotten, I don't know, something like that. Because uh, there's, uh, from my part anyway, there was no bad words going back and forth at all. It was just all of a sudden, we weren't invited to the seminars or like, okay, now, so now we're independent. Is che was Checkmat huge in Northern Europe? Because so, like yes. I met a dude in, that was fighting in the UFC where there was like a Checkmat guy. I yeah, can't think of his a, name right now. Yeah, so Checkmat uh, was one of the biggest organizations. Uh, so they, they're responsible for quite a few gyms to start getting started. And uh, uh, mine as well, uh, got, a, got another good friend, Pad, uh, so um, Lilia Holman. So, so a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of gyms in Stockholm, a lot of gyms in Malmö. Uh, not sure if there's any in Gothenburg. But it's, it's a lot smaller now, so they're not as, as big as they used to be. I'm not sure, but I think there's about maybe four or five gyms that are Checkmat affiliated now. Yeah. Uh, like this guy, Joachim Christensen from, yeah. from Denmark. Yeah. He was like a Checkmat guy. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a different place, but yeah, so, it's so surprising they, to hear. Like, I mean, maybe they just went up and they were, they were, colonized it. They did. So, so what happened is like... Um, they sent their representative, of course, Leo Senior Vieira. So we were part of it. The first was a team called Masters, and then called Brasa. 
and then Brasa split into Checkmat and Brasa and I stayed with it, we stayed with it with the Checkmat because we had the contact with Leo Senior and his brother Hicadinho and um, but they had like affiliates everywhere, it was like uh, Denmark was really big, Still, they still do have a really good uh, gym in Denmark, um, Scandin so, so Sweden as well, a lot of gyms in Sweden, uh, especially Malmö, uh, Malmö and Stockholm. Uh, but now not so many uh, and I think it's been the same thing all around Europe um, it, it, I think it's a natural evolution it's like there's more and more black belts and and the structure isn't it's like they can't you can't make that much money in in the Scandinavian countries either from it so, so it's like via affiliation or things like that because it's a, it's a completely different system so like much, cat like like economics economics yeah so uh, in Sweden almost all the gyms are non-profit uh, so even my gym up until three years ago was 100% non-profit and the only reason that it's uh, that I do this for a living now is because we got kicked out of our facilities and I had to invest money to start a private company in order to be able to rent uh, a location they wouldn't rent a location to my just by my for my, my non-profit I had to use the municipalities uh, uh, sports facilities and I didn't want to do that um, I, I it's not that I don't play well with other children, it's just that I, I want to train five times a week. I don't want to beg for like three hours a week. Yeah. I, I want to train like every single day. I want to, I want people to get together every day if I can. And, and that's not a possibility when you do it in the municipalities. Uh, so I had, so nobody wanted to rent a, an academy to us or, or a location to us. So I had to start a company and then uh, it just grew out of hand. It just like exploded uh, after I did that. Uh, so you started a like a jiu-jitsu company and then uh, well, uh, and normal, a normal incorporate uh, right in, yeah and rented a place rented a place uh, and, and it, it was I had two on choices on your own nope. yeah on nope. my own my yeah. partners uh, so, no I had two choices one of them was like fuck it I'll shut the gym right. and focus on my own training and focus on my career uh, so that was the one option the other option was what was uh, your career at the time I've, I've been working in the telecom industry as a sales specialist uh, for almost 15 years yeah yeah, uh, and it was a good job. Or, uh, had a good reputation, a lot of customers, uh, uh, and uh, it's just that I, I didn't wake up every single morning and, and love wanted, it. And love it. I was like every single morning I woke up. It's like all right, got to go to work. What gear should I wear after work? <laughs> Thinking about jujitsu all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, basically. All right, like everybody else. Yeah, like, like the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, so you opened up a gym by like and did. Did you have students right off the bat? Yeah, I had. So we had from the old. old you had new people. Uh, yeah, so we had 30, 40 people, uh, and that was just it. It was like the question was, should I quit the gym and then focus on my own training? But I've still got 30 people that enjoy getting together a couple of times a week. Um, so I felt responsible. So I says, ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll put in a certain amount of money. I invest a bit of money, uh, the mats and, and things yeah. like that. And it's like, it'll be a non profit. It's just that. Right. Uh, uh, so we have a place to train with cool a, people. Yeah, a nice place to train uh, with cool people. So it was never, never one of those things. That I'm going to make money out of it. And um, but as I said, it, it, it kind of exploded. So um, I was spending more and more time. Then it's like uh, I asked my wife if she wants to work there. So, so my wife jumped in. So she was, was she training yet? No. 
So this is the funny part. So it's like almost 20 years of training martial arts. She's never, ever been interested. She's all, she always thought, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, she could never understand. It was always an argument at home. It's like, can I train one more time this week? You've already trained four times. Right, right, oh, right. Like, why would you want to train more? Yeah. Come on, babe. Isn't it enough? <laughs> you know I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it made me I'll be yeah. in a better mood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like negotiating every single week. Yeah. I was like, if I could get one more class in. Yeah. But... Um, so it's like there's so much to do and since I had a, a, a full-time job and my, my wife's job wasn't she wasn't really enjoying her job uh, so I asked well you know you want to give it a try uh, so she started working full-time at the gym mm -hmm. uh, administration mostly uh, so I'd come in in the afternoon and I'd do the classes with some of my so I had I've always had guys and girls helping me out uh, and after about a year and a half of that uh, it was uh, it was crunch time. I had to make a decision because I had a pretty stressful job, uh, and although I, I was meeting everything, all, all the criteria that my, my bosses had, they always knew it's like I could do a little bit more. Yeah. So I was like, they, they give me a budget at the, at the beginning of the year, and it's like, does this sound reasonable, Steve? And I says, yeah, this will be fine, and, and it's like, you can crush this if you want to, yeah, but I don't want to. It's like, <laughs> so. About a year and a half later, when we opened that, that location, uh, I had to make a decision. And um, so in Greek, we say we, we've got a saying: if you've got two churches, you're going to trick one of them. So you have to choose one church. Yeah. Uh, so I chose jujitsu. So I, I quit my job. Uh, so I had, to, I had to actually quit my job twice because the first time when I says I'm, I'm quitting, they didn't believe me. They says, "Like, listen, you're tired. You need to go on holiday. Take a nap. You need to go on yeah. holiday and come back." So it's like I went on holiday four weeks. Yeah, Sweden. We've got more than yes. more than. I love got, Sweden. Yes, we got six weeks holiday oh, in Sweden. Man. Um, but I went on. I went on a holiday four weeks after that. I came back, and the first thing I did was like leave my. Yeah. By the way, I still want to quit. I still, I still want to quit. Um, but I stayed. What on year for, was that? That was uh, 2015. So uh, summer of 2015, I quit, but I didn't leave until the uh, end of August, uh, end of October, uh, because uh, I had responsibilities with the company. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I had customers I had to take care of and, and things like that. So uh, and then since then, it's just it's been a crazy trip. Uh, so we, we we had to move once more because we were growing too fast. And were you black belt at the time? At yes, this time, yeah. Yes, I was. So I got my black belt in 2013, I think. Is that right? Yeah, 2018. So yeah, this year will be six years. Uh, December this year will be six years. So um, we had to, we grew out of that place as well. So it's like we're about. So by 2015, when we moved, it was uh, 250 members. Wow. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Um, so uh, I took a huge loan, uh, <laughs> spent a shitload of money, and opened up uh, my dream academy. So, did you did you buy a building or did you? No, no. Rent, I rent. I rent a building. and renovated everything. Yeah. So, so that everything's well, it's not newly renovated anymore. Uh, but we renovated everything. We stripped everything and then everything put in. Uh, so, dressing room for the boy, the men, the women, uh, sauna, two huge mat areas, gym area, uh, coffee shop. Coffee shop. I do have Sweden's. All right, maybe not Sweden's best coffee, but Stockholm's best coffee and. Uh, what is what is, so? What tell me about Stockholm's best coffee? Stockholm's best coffee. I don't know. 
You can say it on this. Listen, truth. Right, Don't yeah, let truth right. get in the way of anything all right, all right, right now. I, we've got Italian coffee from Napoli. <laughs> okay? And I've got the real barista machine. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I've got lactose-free milk. And nice. <laughs> I'm coming now. Yeah. I'm sold now. I've got the best Italian coffee yeah. ever. Uh, nice. Pure luck. Pure luck. It's one, right. Yeah, One of my friends says, oh, yeah, hook yourself. Here's a guy that knows something about this. And it's like... Oh, and all of a sudden, it's like the best coffee ever. I find that that's how the best things happen in my life. Chuck, Somebody would be chance. like, oh, hey, by the way, like you should meet this guy because yeah, he yeah. knows it. And next thing you know, you're like... Yeah, but just look at this. I mean, right, right. What, what are the odds a Cypriot guy right. <laughs> that lives in Sweden is in Puerto Escondido with, with his wife teaching obscure... Movement to break Brazilian the yeah, pajama break, wrestling, pajama wrestling. Well, South American ground karate, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hanging out in, on in this place with some guy from New Hampshire, yeah, on a podcast, yeah, uh, it's, it's like, crazy, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Life, life is uh, it's yeah. funny like that. If you, yeah. I feel like so, this is my new, I mean, it's sort of like I've really tried to recently like listen to what the universe is telling me to do okay and you know, what have you come like there's just like signs you signs. know what i mean right. and so i try to follow them and okay. this is where i follow them too All right. like here okay. and, and different other things right you're not, you're like not just following the stream not i mean the stream is you know i like the, to follow the universe you follow the unit because following the stream could be dangerous only dead fish follow the stream right <laughs> now i'm following the universe okay. the, 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 i'm following <laughs> the universe is, gives me signs all right giving you and, signs. Uh, <laughs> and this is where it has led me to. Right. I've followed the signs. Um, but uh, do you got a ring? Like, I feel like I saw pictures. Is there a ring? In, you got like a boxing ring? Yeah, yeah. Can't so, you? yeah. So what I try and do is, uh, I don't know. I've always been like that. Um, I try and make improvements every Christmas. So every Christmas, I'll surprise everybody. Uh, so we shut down for like four or five days. Uh, and unless it's a really big project, I'm usually done within four or five days. Yeah. And they'll come back and they've got a Christmas present. And this year it was a, uh, a boxing ring, full-size boxing ring. Last year I built a, uh, a small bouldering wall. Nice. Uh, and a, sort of like a ninja warrior. Yeah. Uh, so I've got like a semi-ninja, well, semi-big ninja warrior uh, course in my gym. Uh, it's like the greatest. I, I mean, it sounds great. Coffee, it is. It's a, coffee, coffee, ninjas, ninjas. Always got. If you if you have to be something, be, always be a ninja. Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> With good coffee. Good. That drinks good coffee. The key yeah. to being a good ninja is having good it's, coffee. It's having good coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's your class schedule like? Like you teach boxing, obviously. So, uh, not, but we teach Thai boxing. Oh yeah. So we have got Thai boxing. I used to Thai box. Uh, so I've done the boxing, of course, but. Uh, but I, I also trained Thai boxing for two years and competed in that. Tried that out. Uh, when did a few matches in Sweden. Uh, in Sweden, yeah. So that, that that's what yeah that's why I left the, the that, yeah that's what I did actually. I, I did I, I I didn't want to grapple for a while. Yeah. I don't know why. But I was like all of it. I just didn't feel like it. Uh, so I went back to what what I started doing and, and punching people in the in the head. Uh, so I did Thai boxing, but then all of a sudden while people were getting into the clinch, you know, you got the, the Thai yeah. clinch. I was just throwing people on the floor and doing arm bars on them. Uh, and it's like they, they uh, obviously they didn't appreciate that very right. much and it's like Steve you got to stop doing that I says no yeah. cut the shit Steve <laughs> cut the shit Steve uh, <laughs> so that's how come I, I, I slided back into the grappling again uh, so we've got the Thai boxing we've got of course Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, so we've got loads of, we've got at least I think three a minimum of three grown up classes 
um, a day for uh, for the jiu-jitsu, uh, one Thai boxing class. Then we've got the gym, so we've got and we've got classes in the gym. Uh, we've also got something called Soma Move, which is like a I wouldn't say yoga really, but it's the easiest way to explain it. Uh, it's like uh, on gymnastica natural. Yeah. Gymnastica natural. Yeah. Uh, a, a variation of that. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we've got. You get classes like in the morning, afternoon, night. I used to have morning classes, but after spending a whole winter with one or two people every morning, I said, fuck this shit. Yeah. Uh, but we do have, we open up at 10 in the morning. And the first class is at 11.30. It's a, a either soma move or a gym class. And then at 12, every single day, uh, I've got uh, a jiu-jitsu class. Uh, three with gi, two with no gi. Uh, and then after four o'clock, it's like packed with classes. I've got like three classes going on at the same time, almost until nine o'clock in the evening. Who are the people that are training in Sweden? Like every the average, well, my average member? Yeah, I mean like you got, Desk job, executive people, Every, everybody, yeah. just yes, like yes, everywhere it. else. So, um, yeah, so uh, we, we've got, um, you, you've got your your handyman or, or, or your carpenters, your builders, uh, office management, police officers, military personnel, um, your set average salesman, uh, so everything, there's just a mix. Um, the average age at my gym uh, if I take the kids' classes out of it, out, out of the equation, the average age is about, I think, 32. Yeah. So it's like a pretty high. Uh, so we're we're not we're not we're not the most competitive uh, gym around. There's a lot of more academies that that focus on competition. So my focus is on the feel good, um, family vibe. So we've got a kiddies room, for example. Nice. So, so a little room just for the kids with a TV in it and, and some toys and things like that. Uh, so I've got a lot of fa whole families training at my place. Uh, what like uh, is the competition? Is is there I, is IBJJF in? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we abide by it. So so I I organize all uh, competitions. I yeah, organize. they start two minutes early, and they start two minutes earlier than. Uh, so everybody should be in place in time. <laughs> I it, love it. That. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh. Uh, no, it's just like, yeah. it's, it's a fetish I have. And yeah. the only reason is, because I'm, I'm Greek, and w since the Greeks invented time, yeah. as a, which everybody knows, <laughs> uh, I'm late everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, a, I'm a time optimist. I prefer. I'm not late, I'm a time optimist. Yeah. But that, uh, so when it comes to work, uh, I've got this fetish when it comes, I just need to be there early. Uh, so, my, so when we have our competitions, we've got a format uh, competition area. Uh, you have them in your gym? I have in the gym as well, but yeah. I also organize, um, not a, not the biggest, but one, one a pretty big, decent sized uh, competition with like four or five hundred competitors sometimes. Um, so they, they the, the referees have to be on the mat uh, five minutes before uh, time. Everybody has to be in place, and then uh, I'm making sure everybody's all right. And then I'll just thumbs up. We go two minutes early. Two minutes early. Every I love second. it. I've done it three day, three years in a row now, so ah. I love it. <laughs> um, are there other gyms popping up now? Absolutely. So, yeah. so there's a lot of jujitsu gyms, but as I said before, it's like a lot of them are non-profit, uh, and it's becoming more and more. Uh, uh, more and more common that people are trying to make a living out of it, uh, which is good. Um, 
but um, of course I've got competition. Any, yeah. any, anything that can substitute what you're doing is is competition, basically. But we do have martial arts academies, so there's there's a martial arts academy across the street, uh, up the road. Uh, there's another new Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academy that opened up about 2K away from me. Um, I, I, to a certain degree, competition is healthy. Um, yeah. I don't believe in some of the stuff that I hear about what happens in the States um, when people open up next to each other and uh, I think that's just like uh, it's, me, it's not it's not it's not, not not okay right uh, it's, it's, it's not necessary it's kind of ridiculous yeah it's not necessary right. but I mean what are you going to do you can't stop people from doing it yeah. and, and as long as you see what you do um, so competition is healthy keeps you on your toes yeah uh, and as long as you're providing a service or a product that that that's high quality you, it shouldn't be a problem uh, and you should and even if somebody opens up next to you and, it, and that's high quality this, it can never be the same it will never be a direct copy it might look like the same but it's the same reason why, why do people some people drive a Volvo it will stay Swedish whereas some other people drive a Mercedes Benz I mean it's just like different strokes for different folks totally so like one, you guys are f- a family yeah, some people might want a, a different. They don't feel. Yeah, and you might not want those people anyway. That, that's exactly it. So, right. so it's like I, I hate to say no. You don't fit in, and and that would be the end of their journey. Right. Because jiu-jitsu could change their life. Right. Uh, or it just MMA, might not be your place. It might not be my place. They might be. It's like that. Sometimes you just have to say no. That you, you you're not right for us. Right. People usually realize that when they when they start training with us, it's like uh, they'll come and try do a tryout and. They'll see, it's like, are they a good fit or not? Right. Uh, so one of the things I hear a lot is like, oh, everybody's so nice here. And uh, everybody's it's like, because it is scary going into a martial totally. arts academy. Um, but it's not that strange, really, because it's like, uh, it's not as if opposites. Well, of course, you do have to say opposites attract, but you, you look for similar kind of people. So if you look, you're looking right. for laid back people that... We, we just use jiu-jitsu as a vehicle to, to, to get together and... Right, and, community. And, yeah, it's a community thing. And um, Now, if, if you're a ruffian or, or like, it's like a roughneck, you, you're not going to enjoy your training at my place. Right. Because uh, you're most probably just going to get your, your ass kicked by someone that's going to talk about smile. history. With right. a smile. Right. And then talk about history. Yeah. Um, so, I like um, that. You don't have to be mean just to, to no. be to be tough and yeah. be good at jujitsu. Oh, you yeah, can be the nicest guy. The nicest guys are usually yeah, yeah. really good. Um, so yeah. how'd you meet Brad? I met Brad in St. Bart's. Uh, yeah. I had a few good roles. I remember him. Uh, he did a lesson with the uh, over under pass, uh, defending the over under pass back then, uh, and I loved it. Uh, but so, so we rolled and, and just like kind of clicked we was like, like each other and then I met him again got together again with him at the Iceland camp so I'm, I'm also part of the uh, BJJ Globetrotters yeah um, how'd you get involved in that so I got involved uh, I got in touch with Christian Grogart that started the BJJ Globetrotters so people mentioned it to me prior guest on the Great Northeast BJJ yeah. podcast <laughs> uh, so I just reached out to Christian. I checked out his website, what, what it was all about, uh, and it like it really, it, I everything he has on his uh, on that I stand for 100%. Even before I met him, that was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this is this is us, yeah. right? 
but I wanted to meet Christian before I like jumped in and said I want to be a part of the Globetrotter community because uh, what people say on, on the website oh, yeah. and what they are in there totally so I reached out to him I says uh, do you want to come to Sweden uh, we'd love to have you visit and for some crazy reason he'd only been in Sweden overnight so he lives in he lived in Denmark uh, grew up in Denmark but he'd never really been to Stockholm so he came over and we spent some time together he did a seminar um, and the only reason he came is because he never was in, he never really spent time in Stockholm yeah. so, so that's his thing he, he really does enjoy traveling so that was the only reason that he came uh, and uh, super nice guy uh, really laid back and uh, we, we hit it off we went for a boat ride and uh, showed him stock, different, showed him Stockholm in a different way um, that you wouldn't see as a tourist um, hang around at my gym he met the, the people there and um, he says hey do you want to come to the Caribbean and at first I thought he was joking and I was like yeah that would be nice and then it's like the next day I says hey Christian were you serious about that he says yeah man come over and I'm, okay <laughs> so that's how I got in touch with him nice. uh, and then it was like a natural thing it's like okay we're a part of the Globetrotters now yeah 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 and it's a fantastic organization. Yeah. Uh, we get a ton of Globetrotters that oh come yeah. through our gym. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I, I love it when people was like, oh, I'm going to Stockholm, where should I go? And other people, oh, you have to visit Steve, yeah. you have to visit that place, you have to... And it's so good, so much fun. Uh, it's a huge, amazing community, for sure. It is, and it's and it's just, it is, it, it is what it should be. Uh, you know, it's like, I've always had a little bit of a problem with the politics yeah. uh, of, of jiu-jitsu. I, un I understand it, I see where it's coming from, doesn't mean I have to like it. So I, I can accept it, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. And uh, the Globetrotter community just puts everything aside. Um, and obviously it works, because it's the biggest organization right, right now. Right. So obviously it's, it, it, they filled the gap that was missing. Uh, and then I met, yeah, so it's back to the question, how did I get here? So I met, uh, so I well, I met Brad again in Iceland. We were doing the Iceland camp, and he says, "Do you want to come over to Puerto Escondido?" I'm like, uh, Mexico? Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll do that. Oh, like the recent Iceland? <coughs> the recent Iceland. Nice. Yeah. So, so people are starting to trickle down. So yeah. it's probably time for us to go because we're having yeah, our okay. final dinner. Yes. We, oh, um, yeah. It's eight o'clock. Yeah. Oh, I will say good. this, Steve. Yes. You're a very nice guy. No, don't tell anyone. However, when you use me as your Uki, <laughs> I realized if I'm I'm keeping my elbows in around you, no matter what. Oh, that's not going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what. Like you were, you were not that nice of a guy after as as a guy putting a kimura on you. Um, what's next? You're gonna go back to. Go you back. and your son. Your son trains jiu-jitsu. My son trains jiu-jitsu. My wife trains jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Uh, one of my daughters trains jiu-jitsu. So me and my son, the next thing is, we'll be in Maine. Uh, we're going to the Maine camp. And then after that, we'll, we're going to be uh, uh, traveling for about a week. Yeah. Uh, the northeast. North, yeah. So Coming to visit Port City BJJ. I think so. Oh, it yeah. looks like it, actually. Yeah. Uh, do it. So do it. now, uh, so Jay and, and visit Brad's place. Yeah. And, Maybe go to Canada. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's like we've got a, a car, uh, tank full of gas, uh, and a few geese. So yeah. it's like the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yep. Oh, this has been good fun. Yeah, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. And I really do look forward to you coming and visiting me. Right. It's me been too. good hanging out with you this week. Yes. Peace.